Hello, Hello and welcome back to another episode of Seek Therapy Podcast. It's me, Jasmine. And America. And Jasmine Ty. And we are back. So how's everything been? What's been our highlight? What's been our challenge? Um, hmm. So, you know, Jasmine, you had sent to the group text about LAUSD going on strike. Mm -hmm. And so that was crazy because I didn't, I didn't have a, uh, my bingo card. I wasn't prepared. Um, you know, I just <laughs> didn't think that was happening. So I did have a lot of anxiety about that because I didn't know what to do. Um, I got mortgage. I'm about to move. Like I, I have things that I have to pay for. And so I need my check to look the same or better. <laughs> um, and so I had like physical anxiety, like for the first time, like having that sick feeling in your stomach and just like that heaviness in your chest and just baby she was feeling ill <laughs> was you gonna say something i was gonna say and that shit feel crazy don't it yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. that shit is wild in there it's wild. And, and to like have I won't say I've never had that experience, but for that to not be the norm and then to have that happen out of nowhere, I was like, oh, what? What's happening? <laughs> um, so that was a challenge. Um, my highlight is that I did have a student come and they're like affiliated and so they was like, you know, talking to you really helped me. Like, I didn't feel the need to smoke. I didn't, like, I didn't get that urge. And so I was like, you know, period. And then he was, like, telling me about gang culture so that I could understand, so that I can, like, better help him and other students. So that was just a really great highlight in the midst of that anxiety, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been, America? Let me first say I'm sorry that you've been having a physical experience. Um, because it's one thing to have it in your head and feel it that way, but it's another thing to feel it in your body, and that shit is scary. Um, mm -hmm. so I understand, and I'm sorry that was the experience this week. Thank um you. Challenges. I start with challenges. This wig. <laughs> um, no, but finding someone to consistently do the maintenance things and do them well is a challenge for me this week, um, which is a first world problem to have. I realized that, and bitch, I'm annoyed. Um, so I don't believe really in professionalism. I know that's rooted in white supremacy. But baby, example, I had a lash appointment yesterday at two o'clock. Baby said, come in Saturday at two. I said, Saturday at two is perfect. I will see you then. Baby responded and said, okay. I got there at 158. There's no cars in the parking lot. 
I'm confused. I am confused. I am befuddled. <laughs> like, bitch, you said two o'clock. So I'm at your job. I'm at your job at the time you told me you were going to be there. Yeah. So I'm sitting and I'm looking and it's in my old office uh, place where I have my office. So I'm like, okay. So 158, 159, 2 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go pull the door. Let me see. The door is locked. Nobody comes. So I say, okay. Am I in the wrong spot? Y'all, bitch had me gaslighting myself. Am I in the wrong place? I'm like, no, you're not in the wrong place. I, I send sis a good message. Hey, girl, here, the door is locked. Nothing, y'all. Never. No response. No not crickets. No crickets. I think crickets were louder than she was. Like, it was dead ass silent. So I go to the beauty supply store around the corner, you know, to burn some time. You know, daddy had a whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, it's 30 minutes later. Not 30. Still nothing. I was like, well, guess I'm going to get my lunches in a day. Y'all, she responded back to me. Last night. Not last night. 9 p.m., which is seven hours after the appointment. And said, oh, my goodness, I never sent you the address. I didn't know you had it. So I didn't consider the appointment confirmed. But we confirmed the appointment. I also, I'm trying somebody new. I just was, I was just there two weeks ago. So, you know, I know where it is. I was there. You said that to her, of course, right? Of, of course I did. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah, I was there a few weeks ago. And then she said, can you come in and I'll give you a discount? That was my fault. Okay. You're right. It was your fault. And no, a discount won't suffice. Because what you mean? What do you mean? You didn't <laughs> you didn't know you told me two o'clock and I said that's perfect. See you then and you said okay. Well I didn't send you an email. Okay. And we had a so does the email the conversation? I don't I don't, I understand. don't understand. So you know, and then the people who I know who are and not with lashes, this is with other things who are a little bit more dependable. Workmanship don't be what it needs to be. Um, and I just really want us to do better. And it'd be different if we were talking about I'm going to people who, you know, might be charging on the, the, the smaller end. But I'm talking about people who charge in real money. Like we're talking almost $200 for a set of lashes. We talking, you know, five, $600 for a wig. We, you know, we- We're not, not talking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, talking we talking four or $500 for, for faux locks. Like I'm not giving out pennies, right? And even if I was paying pennies, bitch, they steal my money and I deserve right. it. Right, it's still your pennies. But I just, I don't understand. And again- I try not to, you know, I know black folks, people of color having businesses for many of us is new. And I know it's a process, especially when they're a little bit younger. So I try, I told y'all about last week and y'all was on the phone with me as I navigated 
this damn wig. So it's like, I try to be understanding of people and where they are in terms of their own development as business owners, but y'all got to do better. Black, black people, but we got to just do better. Um, so yeah, that's my challenge. Um, and along with that, I guess my challenge is not cussing people the hell out because I really be want to cuss people the fuck out because it's too bad. Okay. I so consider that a highlight. Growth, right. Okay. So my highlight is I'm no longer cussing people out and wanting to box them because they don't possess the ability to run their business as well. Um, That's also mm-hmm. coming from a business owner. Right. Who also has had to navigate the challenges, right? And I'm understanding of people who have certain boundaries in place. So, you know, just because if I send you an email and you don't respond, but you're on Instagram posting, I have to tell myself like, okay, maybe this is not within the time that they respond to emails. And just because I see them on Instagram doesn't mean that they have the capacity and they've ignored my email. I give a lot of grace in this space because I want the same thing to be given to me, even though I rarely need it because bitch, I'm going to respond. But usually, but you know, so I try to be understanding and no, <laughs> no, it's just not, it's just not given. It's not. Um, let me see. And my highlight, all my notes are done. Period. For me, that's a highlight. Well, all my notes for March are done. Um, and so that's a highlight. So it means I've been keeping on top of them. At the end of my sessions, and so that feels nice because y'all not gonna stress me no more. Um, I'm going to Dreamville. Oh, nice! So I'm happy about that. Went to the first one, of course, missed the second one because pandemic. Nervous about this one because pandemic, but I'm going. Um, Ari's gonna be there too. Who? Um, not Ari. Like, well, she probably is gonna be there, but. The other therapist that's uh, oh the one on Twitter oh. mm-hmm. okay um maybe I'll be like hey girl right. mm-hmm. um I'll have to meet you and then I just noticed that I've been more or I'm being more intentional Jasmine no e you said something a couple weeks ago you were like you're doing the things but are you focused why are you present while you're doing the things I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, like I'm there, I'm doing it. Basically, like, bitch, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> and, then I mean, and then I was paying attention. I was like, no, I really don't be. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. coloring, but I'm thinking about I need to do this. Or mm-hmm. I'm reading, and I'm thinking about something else I need to do. And so I've been much more intentional about, no, right now we're reading. And we're going to read until we get to the end of this chapter. And then when we're done with this chapter, we can go do whatever else we need to do okay and so then like thank you i finished the book y'all hey you know i love that right what book was it learning to breathe that i've had since november um it was really good it you know trigger warning um family essay and so that was like oh shit then i was like oh that's probably why it took me so long to read it because it was a lot going on um, but the audible situation was great. I have a little audible plan on my um little Apple speakers or whatever the hell they're called, and finished the book. So that was nice. I felt accomplished. Yay. 
Proud of you. Thanks, y'all. I'm trying. Doing. Doing. Mm. While doing it, too. I'm here. That is growth. Thank you. We love to see it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, to round us out, I'm start with my challenge, which was coming back from spring break mm. and hopping in this classroom with these kids. <laughs> um, we have been, so tomorrow they'll be testing, we're wrapping up like the Civil War, construction, mm. uh, you know, cattle ranching and railroads, because, you know, it's Texas, y'all. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> all of it. And so I will say I am so ready to get these tests over with tomorrow and Tuesday, because they do block scheduling. Mm. Um because it has been a whirlwind. Like just for me learning how to teach, I am fortunate that I am not in uh, an independent school district. So all of the policing around um, just curriculum, I'm not having to do. But I will say that HISD, Houston ISD, that has been taken over by the Texas Education of agency, the TEA. Um, it's been an uproar here. Like people are upset that the state has stepped in to take over the largest school district uh, that is primarily of kids of color uh, in the state. So yeah, watch what's going on in your communities, people. Um, they are really out here trying us. And I will also say I also agree that if they're rolling back rights for other marginalized groups, what makes us think that we're not next on the docket? I mean, our voting rights are already on the docket, but that's all I'm saying. Pay attention to what's going on in your communities. That's my TED talk. What's that? America. You gotta let us in. Yeah. Or something in one um, state right now where they're basically trying to bring back Jim, Jim Crow laws. That's probably Mississippi or Alabama. One yeah. of them. You know, Mississippi just got rid of like their Jim Crow era regulations in like 2013. They yeah, they just removed the Confederacy battle flag from their state flag. So it's probably one of those. You're right. It's Mississippi. They appointed an all-white team basically for policing or some something. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is this is the time, right? Mm -hmm. We're approaching a cusp if we're not already on it. And so, what you gonna do? Um, I really didn't mean to go into that tangent like that, but it was in me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, my highlight for getting through, oh, and also I'm back full-time in school. Yeah, and so yeah. this is really like yeah. my first full week of like being a teacher full-time, being a graduate student full-time. Um, and it's a struggle, but, uh, I've turned in assignments on time. Um, Period. someone tried to come for me on the discussion board this week. Um, mm. I, oh. yeah, so we had a mock. Um, we had a mock case study 
on Betty, who was coming into her second session uh, in a manic, depressive episode. It doesn't say in the case study if she's having an episode. So she, she's coming in because of have had it. You know, she did have one. So in my script, I asked her if she was taking um, any alcohol or illicit substances. And then the person, you know, basically got on there and clocked me for like harmful practices that if she were in a manic episode, she wouldn't have told the truth. So it would have been harmful to ask her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what it is for taking critiques, right? Taking into consideration, keep it. And this is another student? This is another student. Yeah. You know well, how to, do to keep reading, like yeah. to keep living because what? <laughs> yeah. Um, my highlight for getting through all of this this week and feeling good as opposed to how I felt over spring break. Uh, I was really just in a depressive mood of, at a point. Um, so to be on the other end of that and feeling good, I have to attribute uh, taking my antidepressant. Period. Shout out to the <laughs> girlies. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've, I've had a good week. I went out, saw friends after work rather than just coming home to the same old, same old, um, yeah, I've been cooking. Nice. Yeah. Reading. Showering. Living. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. So yeah, I'm glad to be here with y'all. Yes. Same. America, your face. <laughs> was there something that... I was reading about the Jim Crow resurrection in Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. In 2023. In yeah. 2023, yeah. Here we are. Mm -hmm. So it is, I, I really feel like being a Black woman in this classroom, teaching this subject with kids, I may be out of 160, I maybe have five white kids. Mm. And, um, and so it's just, it's, it's an opportunity to kind of just shape this for them, you know? Um, and they ask great questions. Uh, if I can't answer them, I do. I find myself taking a beat and censoring what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And I let them know that that's what I'm doing, that I'm processing it. I'm breaking it down for a 12-year-old. Uh, and it's also not my place to put them on game. It's my place to teach them history. Um, and to give them context. So, so yeah, I did have a parent of one of my America. Look, wait, wait. Oh, I, I did have a parent of one of my white students reach out, and she emailed me and said that you know her child had come home and expressed that she felt that kids were like looking at her during these lessons, and that she was intimidated to oh, well. raise her hand. Oh, I'm just kidding. Up. I'm just kidding. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so like, I just, but again, I have to, I'm there, I'm her teacher. So I have to approach and validate right. her experience also, you know? And so her and I had a talk one-on-one. -on -one. I emailed mom back and mom was like, you know, I'm very appreciative of this. Thank you. You know, and it's just, it's not on these kids. 
you know, the history isn't on them. What we can do at 12 and 13 years old is make them aware of it, teach them empathy, teach them about other cultures so that, you know, and I'm only seventh grade. So I hope that by the time they get in the real world, like, you know, it sounds corny, but they are the future. So, you know, America. For example, we're learning about Native Americans, right? We just finished a unit over how Native Americans were pushed into reservations. I don't ever remember learning about how reservation life is currently. So I'm giving them context of like, this is what's happening in the 1800s. Modernly, reservations are uh, just the people there are almost depleted. Their cultures aren't respected world, like nationally, there's a lot of poverty, alcoholism, drugs. You know, we, you know, they just put them on game as much as I can, y'all. America, are you still, you're still in the- Well, now she looked into the reservations. (laughs) (laughs) I just know it ain't for me. That's all. I feel that. That's all. Because baby, the way all them kids in there would be a uh, militant, militant. <laughs> <laughs> and ready to fight the hell over, right? Mm-hmm. They would be anti-racist. But you also don't want to be you don't want to be that teacher that like gets a phone pulled on them in their classroom, and you're doing something that's going to end up on the nightly news, you know. So yeah. it, and is, that's a, and it that's is a fine line. I like my paycheck. I I actually do. That's why I have to mind my business because right. Um, yeah, and I would be I would be explaining why the Native Americans are why there's a high substance use rate and all of that. Like they would be like that little girl would went home with a completely different story. (laughs) Four or five. Well, this topic of slavery, we've had to. I have had to talk of them with a uh, first I laid the perimeter of like this is what's it, it's not funny we're not gonna make jokes because what I'm noticing is these kids have they know the buzzwords so they know racist they know racism mm-hmm. they know slavery you know slave you know and so it's just it's happy to explain to them like you can't call your classmate a slave or your slave and this is why this is what that is. This is what these words mean. Uh, and a lot of that attributes to their their upbringing, but also social media. Again, where are they hearing all this? You know, uh, I talked to my Hispanic kids about using the N-word. Mm. You know, it's not of <laughs> So like, this is why, you know, and again, you say the wrong thing in front of the wrong person at some point. It doesn't matter if your friend, your black friend in your group is okay with it. Right. Your air quotes around that. You say the wrong thing around the wrong person, you can get your block knocked off. Like, let's be real. As you should. Hmm. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's what it takes. You know. So, yeah. And there's eighth graders mixed in there too, right? Because I can, you know, I mingle with eighth graders because they're in the hall, sometimes in my classroom. Yeah. 
Teach the world. Teach the children. Emily Marshall and LAUSD. <laughs> then you can be on strike. <laughs> so, Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. And I'm right. not sure, but I heard that they took away one of our weeks of Christmas break. So instead of three, we'll have two. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave by then. <laughs> I was like, mm -mm. Because of the strike? Um, no, not because of the strike. Oh. I don't so know why. Uh, I'll say, what else would it be? It makes zero sense. Oh, yeah, no. Mm -mm. It's because of the strike. So we'll see. But. <laughs> Y'all know I love to put people onto new things that I am watching, listening to, working out to, reading. Um, Y'all just know I love to put it on some new knit. So, one, this is my new new. I got a little Kindle. Um, Aww. Isn't it so cute? I was wondering, I was like, why is your composition book so small? Yeah, it's my little Kindle cover. Um, but I am reading a book called Regretting You by Colleen Hoover. And I fear that she is a very good uh, author. I do fear it. Because <laughs> I'm reading it and I'm just like, you know, I felt sick to my stomach at a point And I was like, whew. But yeah, yeah. also Goodreads. I'm not sure if I ever shared that, but Goodreads is an app that you can track your reading on, the books that you want to read, the books that you have read. It has like a reading challenge. Um, so I have a couple of friends that are on there and I love to, um, I love to, you know, see what they're reading, see how much progress they've had and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's my new new. What about y'all? What's new with you? What you got in there? Are you still researching? No, I was thinking about <laughs> what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, okay, I do a book too. Um, I just started Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Mm. You read that, didn't you? Oh, I did. I read that. <laughs> I could tell by the look on your face. Yeah. I couldn't get to my unmute, my mute button fast enough. But um, yeah, I love it. It's going to probably piss you off okay. um, at times because you're like, just fucking talk, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I really liked being able to read both perspectives. Um, you're going to love it. Okay. I'm excited. I've only made it to page two because I was like, I need my Audible and I use my credit for an IFS book. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm very upset about that. So <laughs> I'm either going to have to, oh, I got another day. They reset tomorrow, I think. Okay. So I'll just wait and then I'll start. I'll do it right there so I can focus. Yes. But yes. yes. I got the cover is beautiful. It is I, I threw me in like wow. Mm -hmm. so, yep. I like it. And she black. Mm -hmm. And she black. What kind of books do y'all like to read? Because I'm also starting a book club. I saw that and I was wondering where we invited that I was going. I know. Read. I look. Want to be down? 
Of course. I was thinking of doing like hybrid, so like Zoom and in person. So Mm -hmm. like y'all can be on Zoom. Mm -hmm. We'll be in person. But yeah, yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's my turn. I would say my new new is I haven't watched Swarm yet. And I don't know. I don't know if I will, you guys. Did you watch it, America? No, not yet. Okay. So I literally posted on my close friends. I said, anybody want to tell me what the fuck going on in Swarm? (laughs) What am I watching? And you know what I'm saying? Because there was a statement before there's about y'all, y'all girl. But I know supposedly about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. If people are like this, like I'm concerned. Based on the story, though, they really are looking for a girl or something about a girl. Well, I'm concerned for me because that bitch was off her rocker. See, I don't know. I feel like the way Donald Glover writes. It mm. makes you believe that it's real. You know, sometimes you watch mm. Atlanta and you're like, the hell? Yeah, it's that hyper realism. Yeah. Um, obviously, they had to have had Beyonce sign off to some extent before this. And it's clearly about the beehive. I think, I mean, for me, it seems like it's an allegory of like, how far are y'all going to go? Because y'all mm. do the most. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, yeah. I've also seen a lot about it. So, like, I know essentially what's going to happen, you know. I've been scrolling past all the sports. I actually want to watch it. Jasmine, did you finish it? Hell no. Uh uh. Mm. I think I got to the second episode and then I was like, what else you want to (laughs) watch? Yes. What's the hang up? It's just like very unnecessarily like are you serious? Are you about to do Mm -hmm. this because they tweeted that they don't like your favorite singer? Like that's Mm -hmm. really seek therapy. (laughs) I was about to say this is coming from a mental health professional. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, I'll just read the comments about it on Twitter. Y'all be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, speaking of someone who needed closure, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> closure is a scam, people. It is a figment of your imagination. Be <laughs> <laughs> right here first. Um, what do y'all think closure is supposed to be? Mm. I think it's when you emotionally lead, your actions are led by your emotions. And rather than logically looking at a situation of, is it healthy? Is it moving forward? Is this what I want? And being introspective, it's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. How many times have we all sought out closure, didn't get it, 
And so then now you're having to inevitably do the healing anyway, the painful part anyway. Um, but you've just prolonged it because you took your energy into seeking closure. Yeah. When I look at closure, and I'll go backwards, right, from when I was young and dumb. Um, <laughs> so for me, it was like, we should probably talk about this, you know, and talk about our feelings and da-da-da-da-da. And it would end up like me making out with them. Not me, like, doing it, but like falling into that habit again. And I'm assuming that is emotionally led, right? Um, or just like wanting that sense of connection. Um, but I can say that I've never had a conversation about closure that ended in a good way. <laughs> you know, it's never been like, oh, let's figure this out or how do we move forward? It's never been that. And so I truly feel like it is a scam. And most of the time people know what they did that was like fucked up and you know what you did. And so what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? I think there's a difference between what closure actually is mm -hmm. and what we are typically seeking out at the end of relationships. Right. So when I think about closure, I think about accepting it for what it is, being able to let it go. Closure is period. Boop. And I notice a lot of times when people are talking about closure, it's closure comma, right? So like there's this hope that they can go right. have this conversation with this person. They're going to get some answers. They're going to be able to explain themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to have these hard conversations that they probably should have been having throughout the, the whole time. <laughs> right. And so like it's a point in that in that moment, it's a hope to prove to this person or to talk it out enough so they don't see you as a bad person or so that they want to be in relationship with you again. Right. And that's what the problem is. Because mm -hmm. if we're looking at closure as a way to get the answers and a way to get this validation and get our ego stroked, mm -hmm. all, more often than not, that's not going to happen. And if it does, it's temporary. Right. Versus like, leaning more into baby it's done it's right. okay and i don't need to explain myself he don't need to or they don't need to explain themselves we don't need to talk about what went wrong we just know what he right is. right and i think that it also depends on where you are and mm -hmm. uh regarding like your relationship so like i'll be mm -hmm. very transparent my last relationship um I was already done. I was like ready. So when he broke up with me via text, I said, back, back, no trades back, bitch. You're never <laughs> going to find better than me. <laughs> like, no that's it. <laughs> so then like there was multiple times that he would like text me like, oh, our families know each other. Like, 
you know, we're not going to be able to fi- find anyone. I was like, correction, you're not going to be able to find nobody. Mm. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> nobody better yeah, than me. Yeah. Like, yeah. respectfully, mm-hmm. right? Also. Um, and so in that regard, I was like, nigga, no, there's nothing that you could ever do to make me go back with you, like ever, right? But when I, in other situations, have been like not over a person, then I go into, like I said, we making out how we get here. <laughs> you know, we were supposed to not be talking, what we doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's why I say that it's a scam. If you're not where you should be (laughs) in your healing journey, right? Like if you want to say like, okay, that was cool. Like we had our memories, you know, if you want to take so-and-so to this place, do you, I'm not going to hold that against you, period. Mm -hmm. But like I said, ain't happened. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. I would say just... Before I sought out therapy for my daddy issues, I was that girl. And in Mm -hmm. a way, it was manipulative. Mm -hmm. And you're a cancer. Fun fact. (laughs) Did you know that we're manipulative? I Googled it. That was the first thing that Um, popped up. I said, why are cancers so innocent manipulative? I said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I consider it a superpower right i can use it for evil i can use right it, it can either be manipulative or it can be persuasive right right um and so once i processed my need for seeking out attention by any means necessary or mm-hmm. needing a man to feel a certain type of way about myself mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. already doing so before i address those things within uh, it was, it was, you know, I need this closure. And and it was very much a comma. Not a semicolon, mm-hmm. not a period. It was a very much a comma. Sometimes like, it was I need you edits. closer. I need you closer. <laughs> I go over here to talk, but why are my clothes over there? What the hell? Ooh, ooh, where are they at? I don't know. Um, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Something to your lap. Oh, no. <laughs> So yeah, and then you're upset when shit doesn't work out because some people, when they say they're done, they actually are done. Are done. Some people do establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, some motherfuckers just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it wasn't until then for me now what closure looks like in relationships, I can say for family, for friends, for relationships, if is if it no longer serves me, if you're not on this trajectory with me, if you make me feel worse in your company or by dealing with you than I do when I'm alone, right? Then it's not giving. It's not giving. And I'm no longer giving. Because when I love, I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I yeah, I have instances of that in all three categories. I've dealt with my shit, you know. You as far as like rom, oh, like romance. Well, just I've I've been through therapy. 
you know, I've acknowledged I'm self-aware. So for me, there's no need to be manipulative. There's no need to seek out pushing the boundaries on a situation even further, Mm -hmm. Um, making myself feel worse because I know better, but emotionally I'm going to keep trying. Right. Um, Keep giving people chances. Mm. Even if and it, I, it was enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I hit what 28, 29, I said, something gotta give. Mm-hmm. But even before that, that's when I was like, okay, this is crazy. Like this is yeah. <laughs> they've showed me who they are. Mm-hmm. How many times must they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is like that with uh, I've been talking more so about relationships, but I've had friendships. Friendship, oh, that, you know, you've shown me a few times over the years, and I let it slide. I let it slide, and then it gets mm-hmm. to a point of this no longer serves me. Right, I was about to say, on it. yeah, we ain't on no slip and slide, bitch. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, you know, in one particular friendship that ended after college after years of us uh, being friends postgraduate and it just got to a point once I cut the friendship off um, he would send me he said he it got to a point where he would send me like poems you guys know Sex and City the first movie where mm-hmm. they and Carrie break up and he's sending her poems from the book that she was mm-hmm. reading at the beginning of the movie and she doesn't get them it got to a point where like he was doing that right? This is an old gay friend of mine. And like Sex and City was like one of our things. And I get what he was doing, but the conversations have had, they've been had. Words have been said. And when I hit the skirt skirt, like there's no, like you said, there's no B-backs. You know, what you said you meant. So did I. So I, no. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cousin that I don't I don't fuck with anymore because after one too many times, you know, I was I was giving her chances to come back in without having discussions over the last mm. bit of manipulation, the last incident that occurred, simply mm-hmm. because we were family, right? And that's what mm. you're supposed to do. And it, and it got to a point where it's like no. It is what it is. You know, yeah. I always joked that like maybe this we fell out in our 20s. It was like, well, maybe in our 30s we'll get it together. And I'm 30 years old and I'm like, <laughs> still not given. Do I need to revisit it? <laughs> you know, so I would first, when situations make you uncomfortable when they're coming to an end, I would first ask, do you need the closure? Does it serve you? What will it change? What will it change? Say it. I think (laughs) because y'all have done the work, there is a certain level of um, being self-assured that comes across in these conversations for both of Mm y'all. 
So it's, you've done your work, you recognize your value and it's easier for you to skirt skirt. Mm -hmm. And then we also have to keep in mind that again, there's a level of work that takes place to get to that point. And so for a lot of people, I'm assuming a good chunk of folks who are going to listen to this, that might not feel like their reality. And so understanding that in that moment for them, what closure really is, is closure is an attempt to answer the questions. It's an attempt to help people really understand how to begin the process of moving forward. At least that's what they think it is. Because Mm -hmm. if you're already somebody who is second guessing yourself, you're doubting yourself, you're not that In these instances, even if you know that this relationship wasn't working, friendship, family, whatever, there's going to be a part of you that's going to second guess and question, okay, so what did I do wrong? What is it about me that I can't keep solid friendships? What is it about me that I'm not able to have healthy romantic relationships? Everybody else has all of these cousins that are like their sisters and brothers. Why don't I have that? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a part of this too, right? in the situations y'all both described, it was y'all had made the decision that it's a no. But also what happens when you don't make that decision that it's a no and you still want that relationship to continue? Mm -hmm. Those very questions that you're mentioning, why, why me, what's going Mm -hmm. on with me? The taking account of what starts off as blaming Mm -hmm. for me is what led me into Mm. seeking therapy Mm -hmm. and then in that blaming I found accountability Mm -hmm. and these are tools that I learned through going through therapy Mm -hmm. but it was those questions that were eating me alive right Mm -hmm. why can't I make it work with this person I I love them Mm -hmm. you know why can't this work and this isn't the first time what am Mm -hmm. I doing what's wrong with Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those have been questions that I've asked myself as well. And I'm sitting here trying to think like, you know, if there's been a time where someone has like cut me off. Right. But whenever I was in my early 20s, the person I was going back and forth with will like decide to not talk to me all the time. But that scarcity mindset had me like as soon as he was ready to. You know, and so I can't really pinpoint if besides that, like that has happened because essentially like the friends and like romantic relationships that I've like ended, like I didn't want back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, well, no, I won't say that because before I realized that like the friend group that I was a part of was not right for me, like I would be like wanting to have these conversations. And so we didn't even touch on like the friendship part, right? But there has been times where, you know, I've fallen out and we do the whole long drawn out, like, okay, let's meet up at so-and-so so we can talk about this, right? And been able to, like, talk things out. So in that regard, like, 
closure has been helpful, right? Because the answers I'm getting. Um, and after so many of those conversations, I then was like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, relationships are work and require work and it shouldn't be this much work. Mm. And I'm not even getting like my basic needs met. Mm -hmm. So like, what am I even doing? Mm -hmm. So then again, I'm asking myself, like, does this even serve me? What is the need to have a conversation? They know that they had me fucked up when they did that. They knew it. Mm -hmm. What do I need to come and say? Like, hey, when you did this, I felt this way. No, you knew that. Mm -hmm. Especially if we've had conversations about this and I've said, hey, when you do this, that makes me feel this way and you still do it. Oh, you just don't give a damn. Right. And that's fine. And sometimes you got to leave people where they at. So I feel like in those instances, they don't require closure for me. Mm -hmm. I don't, there's nothing that you could tell me that will make me want to be back where you are. Like, I'm cool. I'm so cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that friendship closure, like having those conversations can be helpful Right, but having them all the time and nothing changes is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really think that even those questions though, like the questions that I posed, and I pose them because I've heard them before, of why me, what did I do, why can't I, and all that good stuff. I really think that that is just our brain doing what it does best and it's trying to get answers, it's trying to be in control. Right. So if right. I know why, if I can answer this question why, then I feel like I'm in some position of control to do something better mm -hmm. or do something different. But I, what I've noticed is people will find out why and then try to convince the person why they're why. Right. A good Just, reason. Right. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. Why? Why? <laughs> why are people like this? Why? I mean, I legitimately have seen people say, like, I don't care about none of that. I'm never going to leave you alone. Right. So you just don't care about me, basically. The way I'm about to get a different number and you'll never hear from me. Correct. What do you mean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to always have jobs. Always. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> the pandemic 100% solidified that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know I brought up like family closure, right? So I know earlier last year, I was like in this year, but it's a whole new year. I know earlier. I was telling you all about like me being able to have a conversation with my family, address my concerns <laughs> and things like that. Um, and so I would say in that regard, like that was helpful. I got the closure that I needed. Like I let my mom know how her actions made me feel. And instead of doing what a lot of other parents do and just like invalidate that, she completely validated my feelings. and was like, you're right. You know, I shouldn't have reacted that way. And so in that regard, like if you have a 
safe relationship to do so, like, I think it can be helpful and improve your relationships in your families. If it's not safe, don't do it, though. <laughs> right. It sounds like the theme that's coming up with the growth between needing the closure, the, the validation, the comma instead of the period are proper boundaries. And I would even say boundaries within yourself, mm -hmm. right? Taking that time to like check yourself. Do I need this closure or can I pivot? Right. What do you think? And what happens if I don't get that closure? I think that's a great question to always ask yourself. Like, if I don't get it, will I be okay? That's fine. Like, there's some exercises that I can do to gain the closure I need for myself and continue to move on. Yeah. <laughs> I love the visual processing of America's words. <laughs> I do this when I'm working too, so it's an <laughs> ongoing thing. Um. I, I just think that true closure is an internal job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It I, is. It's yeah. just acceptance, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really acceptance. It's accountability without criticism or judgment. It's giving yourself the space to grieve the loss of the relationship or to grieve the fact that the relationship wasn't what you wanted it to be. Right. Like, that's the real work. Because if you go to an ex- and they tell you, you know, these are the reasons why um, I cheated. Want to be in, right. I don't want to be in this relationship, or this is why I cheated, or this is why whatever. That's not gonna do a damn thing. Anything. Like, okay, you'll know, but like, does it make it easier for you to heal from this heartbreak? No, um, and not at all. That's where the comma comes from. Like, that's not gonna right. do anything for you. Even if you go to the person. And you say, you know, what happened? And they're like, you're an amazing person. This has nothing to do with you. This is about me and my stuff that I'm trying to work on and work through. Right. Most people's reaction is still going to be, but I can help you do that. Why can't you do that with me? We can do that together. It, it's still not going to change. It's not giving. Anything. <laughs> so I think the getting it in family is one thing. And can be helpful because y'all are family, right? Like y'all tied that them blood ties. And so that's a little different. Mm -hmm. Because you're gonna not necessarily you have to be around those people, but you know, right. more than likely. Versus, be around them. Right. Yeah, versus like a romantic relationship or a platonic relationship where these are your chosen people. Right. So you don't have to necessarily engage with them, but no answer is ever really going to be good enough. Right. Ever. If a man come up to you, if your ex came and was like, you were the perfect woman, you did everything you needed to be. I've heard, I've seen this. I've seen this. I need closure. Da, 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 da. I have seen the man sit with the woman. I have been a part of it. You were the perfect woman, the perfect wife, the perfect mother. You were everything a man could want. Mm. And I, I just wasn't ready for that. Mm. Now, the man I saw walked away and baby boy was good. 
He right. felt relieved because he could have an honest conversation. The woman is in shambles because even though these are things she knew in the back of her mind, getting this doesn't change the fact that this man drug her throughout their relationship. And now she got to figure out how to pick up the pieces. Right. And she's held off on her healing for X amount of years wanting to get this closure and that's what she got. And it didn't do shit for her. Right. Or prolonged the healing. Or prolonged her process. Period. You said that you feel like closure is an inside job. So what are some ways that we can work on that closure ourselves? Okay, I'll give you an example. One of the things I did in the, eventually from the breakup I told y'all about first or second or third episode was once I stopped being on some I think I was very blaming of the other person. That nigga ain't shit. But I also had to sit and I had to take responsibility and accountability for how I also showed up in mm-hmm. that. Now, granted, I'm I was a baby. We're talking 15 to 22. So like a baby, brain not fully developed. But mm-hmm. I had to really sit and acknowledge what was happening during that time, how I was showing up. Was this even really somebody that I wanted to be in a long-term relationship with? Was I showing up how I wanted to show up as a woman and potential wife and all of these other things? Was being in this relationship actually allowing me to grow or was I kind of stuck in the same spot mentally, physically that I was when the relationship first started? Am Mm -hmm. I a better version of myself now than I was when it started or am I a worse version of myself mm-hmm. and what I realized I was a, I was not a better person coming out of that relationship in fact I had reached a point of being stagnant and there was all of these other things happening that I don't think would have happened if I weren't in that relationship so right. it took me was my ego bruised yeah did I feel rejected sure like that's common when you are dealing with the relationship the end of a relationship but then in that you got to be really honest about what's happening. If I don't let this person or relationship go, what does that then mean for me? Because that boy is living his life. Okay? He is shimmying and scrolling all around the city, baby. They always do. Pun intended if y'all caught my little hint. I did. I caught it. Okay. So you (laughs) cleaning it up and y'all everywhere. (laughs) Baby in the house sick. Mm. Oh my god. Okay. So eventually I was like, wait a minute. I'm not living my life. I am 22, honey. Why am I young? I'm never gonna be this young again. Yeah. Yeah. Original hot girls. We original. Okay. So it, it to me it's really about spending that time with yourself honesty and like sometimes that honesty is cringy mm-hmm. and it's important to be honest and to do that with compassion it's taking the time to grieve because you're grieving multiple things i know when we talk about grief we talk about it as if it's just when somebody passes but we can grieve the end of a relationship you can right. grieve what you wanted to be what you thought it would be who you thought you were you can right. grieve the old version of you the person you were in that relationship because now you got to 
you got to make some transitions. You're going to be a different version of yourself now. So really, people say time heals all. And I've always said that I think that is trash. It is trash. It is about... depending on what you're doing. Correct. It's all about your intentions. Right. You showing up for yourself in a certain way during that time and you're being honest about the ways you've shown up, what you needed, what you didn't need, all of those good things, what you want to see different, then yes, time is going to heal because you're doing the work. But if you're just waiting for it to happen because you're hoping one day he's going to shimmy back in and right. mm-hmm. uh, or bark back in or whatever else you want to use, <laughs> they're just going to come and do that and then you can start. That's crazy because then you still mm-hmm. stuck back here and right. then everybody else is up here living. Mm-hmm. And you've made no progress. Made no progress. You just made. Yeah. So I would also say that doing some shadow work can be helpful. Some journaling can be helpful. Some self-help books can be helpful. Um, But not doing anything will not make those feelings go away. Mm -mm. So feel the feelings compassionately and have something to do so that you're not just feeling the feelings. Right. Keep yourself busy. That's what my mom always told me. And it helps, you know, and sometimes it's okay to rest. Mm -hmm. But when you're resting becomes detrimental to your healing, then, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't let your your brain play games with you because it will. <laughs> oh yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> because it's trying to protect you. Yeah. So it will play games with you a hundred percent. And that's where that self awareness piece comes in. If you're not self aware right. to notice these things or be willing right. to sit with them, it's gonna be ten plus years and you still upset about a nigga shimmying now. Girl, let that man go. <laughs> Let that man hang it up. Flat screen. <laughs> just thinking that. I was just thinking that. Connected by Nikki. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this has been a really good conversation. Yeah. I got a lot out of it, as I always do. Um hopefully this has been helpful for you and you realize that you don't need no closure from nobody's raggedy ass son or daughter or person okay you have all the tools to move forward remind yourself of that when things get difficult so remember that you can do the hikes the runs you can do reformer pilates and only drink kale smoothies but if you are ignoring the things going on in your head and in your heart then you're still not really healthy so go on ahead and seek therapy baby we all need that shit <laughs> we will see y'all next week bye, bye.